0: Hi everyone, I'm your host Sam Evans and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Jessica Hurley, host of Rich in Real Life Podcast and founder of Insta Podcasts, a podcast media agency that provides content strategy and high-level production for many of your favorite podcasts. Throughout this episode, we will be diving into topics, including the journey of entrepreneurship, overcoming limiting beliefs to change your narrative, the impact of self-talk, and how to use setbacks and failures as opportunities for growth. So with all that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. This is really exciting.
0: Yeah, right? Well, before we get into all of the questions, I'd love for my listeners to learn more about your story and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, I'll keep it super short and sweet. So I am currently, by trade, the founder of a podcast media management agency. We manage over 40 podcasts a month now. And really, the deliverables and the output and all those things, like they are part of the business. But my favorite part of the business is truly helping people develop their story and their messaging, mastering their messaging and being really impactful in in the words that they use and the way that they utilize their stories and their experiences as their listeners' roadmap. I'm a mom of a five-year-old, and I'm also the host of my own show that has had its own iterations and evolutions. I started out with a podcast called The Stranded Phase, and then three years, four years later, I changed it to Rich in Real Life because I wasn't streaming anymore mm. and in the line with where I was going and where I was anymore. And, and really, the point of messaging and sharing your journey is to take people on the journey with you. And God, we all hope that we change, right? Yeah, for oh, sure. Change with us. And then just like, I host an annual event called Innovative Income. We've been hosting it eight, four years in a row, eight times. And we just put it to bed for a while to kind of rebrand and figure out where we're going. And I really at heart am a, a networker, like a lover, a sucker, uh, like all the things. And I just love deep connection and intimacy in all realms, like friendship, relationships, all the things, and empowering, and I hate to use this phrase because it's so overused, but just empowering women to just connect with themselves on a level that they see themselves so that we can see each other and stop judging each other. Mm. That's really important to me because getting rid of that has been uh, such a game changer in the connections that I've built, the places that I've been, the opportunities that I've seen that now come effortless. It's not because I'm so great. It's because I've been willing and open to create the connections and the relationships. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know in, in other interviews, as well as on your own podcast, you talk a lot about becoming an entrepreneur by accident. So can you kind of explain like what you mean by that and the story behind it?
1: Yeah. So I love when I see... So I got, I like pay, I spend the majority of my money on like conferences and retreats and connections. And like, so I love when I'm at events and people are like, I had a lemonade stand when I was 12 and I made t-shirts and I did this and I did that. And I knew when I was 10 years old that I was an entrepreneur. And I was like, must be nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Never me. That was never me. That was never that. I did the traditional route that everybody told me to do. I have a master's degree in nonprofit management. Like... I only thought there was one way out. It was education. It was to get a good job. And it was to work it all the way through. And I literally became an entrepreneur by accident. And I really, really, like, if you really take it a step further, I think it's like, it's the trauma response that I have. I'm a people pleaser at heart. I have been trying to work my way out of that for a lifetime. And so me problem solving for people that I love has just turned into a business opportunity. And I always joke that God's Vision is bigger than anything I can conceptualize. Mm-hmm. So I always think God knows that I'm small-minded. And he's like, here you go in a corner again. Like, let me tap you and let you turn around and see that you're in this big football field. But for some reason, you're standing at a corner. Mm-hmm. And I need you to turn around and I need you to see what I have available to you. But you're so stuck in this tunnel vision of this thing. And really what you're doing is looking down at the ground in a corner like, I just want this thing. And that's like, no, no, no. I have this giant thing behind you. If you would just open your mind and turn around. And that's what happened with Insta Podcasts, which is massive now. And it's continuing to grow. And it's because I started a podcast because I had a partner at the time that told me to. And I just started sharing myself. And I wasn't doing it right either. And there's like, there's no way to do it. You just do it. And I just remember thinking like, who's listening to this? Like, I'm a right. Director, this is stupid. And I was like, well, let me just share my growth, my journey. I don't, I don't want to talk about other people's accolades. I want to talk about the journey and the crying on the floor and the how do you get through this when it doesn't make sense and all the failed attempts at entrepreneurship and, you know, what do people do in the face of doubt and fear and, and insecurities and questioning themselves in the mirror that is entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. So I launched a podcast. A whole year went by. It was the hardest commitment I've ever made. If you've ever done this, like kudos to your host here because it is a lot of work with very little <laughs> return in the beginning. Thank you.
0: Thank you. For sure. Honestly, <laughs> for the first, like I've been doing this for a year and still this next year, am I going to make money? Who knows? Like it's not, it's a commitment. You for gotta sure. really want yeah.
1: to help people to do this or you have to be in a different place in business to mm-hmm. then turn around and do a podcast, which is the majority of the people that we work with. But I, I had a guest. I asked someone to be on my show, which you'll know this in this space here. And this was a big win for me at the time. I had asked a woman to be on my show and she had 200,000 followers. And she said, yes. Mm. I was like, great. And I admired her and I loved her and she was inspiring. And I was like, I'm going to ask her all these deep questions. I can't wait. I had her on the show. Boom, show comes out. A week later, she texted me and said, can I call you? And I was like, sure. And she called me and she's like, hey, what are you doing with this podcast? Because I'm getting so many DMs and messages about it. Like my audience is going crazy. And i was like, well yeah you have a lot of followers right probably like the marketing material I sent you whatever she's like no no you don't understand I started my own podcast six months ago and I'm not even getting these kind of results and I was like what Mm. and then she's like I said I didn't even know send it to me and she sent it to me and I was like oh well you did it wrong and she's like what the hell you mean I did it wrong and I was like well I've done a lot of research and like you're not supposed to do it this way She was like what no one told me that and I was like yeah you're just not supposed to do it that way. And she's like, well, I don't have time to fix this. And she's like, would you do it for me? And I said, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. I'll do it on a Did it as a favor. Created a little audiogram for her at the time. This was four years ago. Sent it to her and was like, here. And you have to relaunch it. And here, here's all the steps. I did it for you. Just start marketing it tomorrow. She calls me two days later and she's like, what did you do? And she sends me a screenshot and she's charting in the top 40. And she's like, wow, what did you do? And I was like, I just did what I know to do. And she's like, Mm -hmm. you have to make this a business. You have to make this a service. I've been trying to figure this out for eight months. And I was like, who's going to pay me to help them start their podcast? And she was like, yes, they will. And I was like, okay. And like I sat on it for two months. And then I went to this conference and I was sitting in this conference because entrepreneurship was heavy on my mind, but I just didn't know what the thing was. And here's the trick of the trade. For anybody listening that's trying to figure out where they're at their next level, I was at this conference with like women. They had a panel, and at the end, you could stand in a line in front of a mic to ask a question. And they were talking about podcasting, and so I got in the line. and When they, it came time to be for my question, I said, "Hey, you know, I heard all of this. I'm a podcaster. I heard the question, but I also manage several podcasts. My several at the time, I had two, mm-hmm. and I was like, here's my question in managing shows and.'" The girl on the stage was like, what do you do? And I started explaining it. She was like, okay. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning. Someone from the event screenshotted me. The, the event had a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. All the women were in there that read the group. Everybody was in the Facebook group. Where's the podcast girl? Where's the podcast girl? Where'd she go? Right. I asked her, I got like five clients from that event because everybody wanted a show, but they didn't have the time or the resources to create it. Mm-hmm. And so I was just solving a problem. I like got on a call with every single woman, was like, what What's preventing you from doing this? And they explained it to me. And I was like, Oh, these problems are easy to fix. And I'm going to do it done for you, so, so, like model. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to teach you. There's all these gurus out there teaching you how to do things. I want to do it because I can control the outcome and guide you the right way because I've learned through trial and error now. That was 2018. Yeah. Wow. It's 2022. Like, I just kept growing and growing and connecting with people and saying yes. And like, I'm sure someone on your show has said this before, but you're going to have to have a year of yes before you have a year of no. Everybody talks about knowing your value and your year of like, stand your ground and set your boundaries. Yeah. Don't, don't kill yourself in this process, but let me tell you something. You're going to have to have a year of discovery. You're going to have to have a year of yes. You're going to have to year of saying yes to some things to figure out what works, what doesn't, what, what really kicks you into gear? What parts of the business you love? What are some of the things that you're like, definitely not doing that again. Mm. You've got to discover yourself as a business owner and in, in, in business. And so I had a year of yes. I have probably two years of yes, where I was mm-hmm. like, yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. Right. And then come 2021, 2022, I was like, okay. I can iron out my no now. Because yeah. I know exactly what I do. I know exactly what I'm good at. I know my zone of genius. I'm crystal clear, and even in the evolution of becoming an entrepreneur and a media network, and all the things that have been evolving, I promise you, it is as simple as constant problem solving. When you see a significant problem and the people you serve, come up with ways to fix it. It doesn't mean everything's Mm -hmm. attached to a dollar amount, but it's like, okay, if fifty percent of the people I work with struggle with this problem. What are the options for a solution? And is this is this a way I can evolve my business to provide better solutions to bigger problems. You will make more money when you provide better solutions to bigger problems. That's it.
0: Yeah. Wow. I like, I think there was a lot of a lot of good value in that. A couple of things that I took away that I think that I think is very important to like realize and I'm glad that you said it was first how you went up there and said that you work with several clients when several was two to you. Nobody needs to know our team. You consider yourself a team and then you build your team after you call yourself a team. You know, things like that is something that I also learned while kind of like starting a business, growing a business was like, nobody knows what goes out behind the scenes. You make it happen, you know, like obviously stick to your word and don't say stuff that you You can't fulfill. Right. Right. But if you want to make it work, you know, say it and make it work. If you're in a line, really you like need that. one good yes. Right.
1: You need one good yes. And sometimes that looks like, like, I'll be honest, one of our most profitable experiences inside our agency was one person that I really wanted to work with calling me and saying like, do you do this this way? And I was like, shit, no. Mm. I was like, we could, we could. Yeah. We could. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I hung up that phone and I called everybody I knew. and yeah. I was, like, How do I make this work? Right. And now we do this for like 40 people. Right. But it was the force. And I always say this, it's not, it's not faking it till you make it. Mm. It's like some of us, cause I always look at myself, like I'm, I'm, I'm not to say this negatively about myself, but I'm always like the universe has to bring me things sometimes. Mm. And so I look at it as like, it's the universe opening my eyes and bringing me opportunity to solve bigger Problems. It's yeah. not like it till you make it. It's like,
0: it's like, you know, you can do it. Like, you know, you can do it. You just need something to kind of like kick it into gear. So, like, pretend-
1: sometimes I'm not a big enough why. Sometimes the idea in my head's not a big enough why. Like, there's, you know, there's been times where somebody's like, like when the girl brought that idea to me that she wanted that first service, I, I had not, not thought about that before. I just didn't think I had the resources and I blew it off. Like not right now. You don't have the team in place. You don't have the whatever. But when the person I wanted to really make it happen with came to me with it, I was like, clear the ground. I'm going right. to work. Right. So it's yeah. like sometimes we need a bigger why than ourselves to make some of the things work that we have in our mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so as a, as a female in the entrepreneurial space, have you ever felt a sense of like intimidation or insecurity or just lack of confidence in general? I feel like the answer is yes already. And what did you kind of do to like overcome those feelings, whether you have or not? I mean, I personally don't think like there's ever going to come a point when we don't feel that way, but I think like as time goes on, there might potentially be ways to kind of like work through those feelings
1: so let's go to the logical side and then the the mental side right so logically logically I always look at it like you will gather and garner confidence when you are wildly skilled at what you do and that will only come through practice so I'm going to say this in a it's going to sound cocky no matter what I'm at a point in my career with this that I talk to so many people. I do this full time, mm. and when I mean it, ain't even eight hours a day. It's more than that. Like it's all the time. The call before you was a sales call with somebody that wants to start a podcast, with a big brand. Call before that was I was a guest on another podcast. Call before that was with my team where we went over four podcasts. Like I know podcasting in and out. I'm confident in my skill set. So anytime I walk in a room where I'm being called to be the expert in that space, try it. Like, I'm not even worried. And it doesn't mean that fear doesn't step into my mind about my performance. That happens, right? Am I going to choke up? Am I going to not sound educated? Am I not going to, like, that doesn't go away. But logically, like, a way that you can always combat a lack of confidence is mastering your skill set, mastery
2: confidence.
1: And so that was one of the big things that I really had to like okay, if I like confidence in this moment where I walked into this room, what was it? At its core, what was it? Well, I felt like there was somebody that was sitting across the table that might have questioned or checked what I was saying out of my mouth. Okay, well, why? Well, because maybe you don't know that much about ad sales on podcasts. Okay, great. Well, then you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what that looks like. So the next time you walk in a room like that, you have mastered. doesn't mean you have to be in the smartest room, smartest person in the room, but you are the master of that skill set, Right. But then I think that it comes down to the mental side, the spiritual side, the whatever you want to call it, right? And that was what you said, which is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how high you climb, I've got multi, I've got friends that are multi, multi-multi-millionaires. They're confident in their skill set. They're confident in their, their, their masters in their messaging and their stuff. But that does not change. You have a it, it is like a muscle. And you just learn to stretch it. And it is like the thing exists within you. And instead of letting it drive, you just learn to put it in the passenger seat. Like, I know I'm scared right now, but what you're not going to do is drive. You're going to sit out and put on a seatbelt. Mm. Like, I run this. You don't run this. Like, or when those feelings come, you ask yourself, what is this? Am I excited? Am I, I mean, you guys have heard Mel Robbins say this. I'm sure that the feeling of excitement, the feeling of anxiety are damn near the same exact thing in the brain. Yeah. So tricking yourself to be like, am I nervous or am I really excited? Is it possible? Right. But there are both. A lot of times before I walk on the stage, I'm like, damn, I'm nervous. Like these people could tell me I ain't shit after this. Right. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, but maybe I'm nervous because I'm excited because I'm about to get introduced to 200 more women that I've never met mm. before. So I'm really just excited about the opportunity, but nervous that I might fuck it up. Mm. Well, that's normal. That's human. So we all feel that way. That is like number one of the number t- number one fears in the world is public speaking. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, so work through this. How do you work through this? How do you process this emotion? And how do you know that one, you can never get rid of it, two, it can't ride, it can't it can't drive. It needs to ride passenger. And no matter what you're after right now, it's not better than you. So speaking on stage in this moment, speaking on this podcast. You know, doing a TED talk, whatever the hell the thing is, starting a podcast, showing up on a live, because that's a thing for some people. Like, there's nothing that I could gain that, or nothing that I could lose that is bigger than me. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. We've put so much value and unnecessary worth on short-term experiences that change the way we feel about ourselves. Like showing up on a live or embarrassing ourselves in public, or you know, speaking on a stage or pitching ourselves to someone or a brand that we're not used to, we're afraid and we have imposter syndrome, or you know, we, we doubt ourselves. Baby, that's life, right? That's life, like, that's life. When they say the strong will survive, everybody has the feeling, you just have to be willing to push past it. Mm. And be, be willing to deal with com- what comes with it anyway. And I say this on my show all the time and I'll say it again for you guys. It's corny. But listen to me when I tell you, ain't nobody gonna judge you like you judge you. And then outside of that, they're going to judge you regardless. So whether you sit on the couch and do nothing and, and ravel in all of your fear, they gonna judge you. If you hit the gas, they're gonna judge you. So you might as well hit the gas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that too, because everyone's so scared of the opposite. You know what I mean? Of like, well, what if I don't do anything? What are people going to think of me? People are going to think something different of you if you do do something. So why don't you?
1: They're going to think regardless. If you do nothing for the next six months, they're going to be like, oh, well, she's lazy and she, right. she has no purpose and she's she's depressed and blah, blah, blah. And then if you do a bunch of stuff, eventually trust and believe from experience, all your friends are going to, somebody's going to shake the tree. All your friends are going to disappear. And you're going to have the same exact feelings. You're going to be like, where did all my friends go? What happened? I started showing up for myself and everybody disappeared. And that's a whole nother conversation because they're not haters. Right. Right. As you elevate people, just you create a different space and energetic like sphere around you. And so there's just certain people that can't come with you. And that's fine. Mm. But it's like, they're going to judge you and tell you that you think you're better than everybody and tell you that you think that you have a need for validation. And the way that you show up for the world is too much. So you're either going to be too little or too much. Pick a struggle. Whichever one you pick, you better be willing to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Everyone, everyone needs to be reminded of that too. Even myself, you know, because even when like everybody is obviously continuing to grow and continuing to like do their own thing or, or go to the next level. Or like you were saying, like, you know, start looking at, into different parts of your business and rebranding and redesigning and all of that stuff. And it's like, you're still, you're still thinking like, Oh my God, if I do this, like, am I guess what's going to people going to think of me? Like what's going to happen? And it's, it's scary. I think it's, I think it's scary. And that's another fear that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs specifically have of like, if I do this, what's going to happen? What are people going to think of me?
1: Have you ever heard the joke of people being like, people don't care that much? Mm. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. care that much, right. we don't give our... So I, I think when we try to make a, a huge commitment, we go like bigger home, right? We're like either go big or don't do it at all. When we forget that there's this whole part that, of life, the world and everything that we are a part of that allows space for evolution, right? Mm. That's so-called Rich in Real Life. When I did the show, it was called The Stranded Phase. It was all about embracing your stuck. Four years later, I couldn't come up with content. And I couldn't figure out why. When I started journaling about it, I was like, because I don't feel like I'm stuck anymore. Yeah. It anymore. But that doesn't mean that I failed at podcasting. That doesn't mean that I did something wrong. That means that I grew and I evolved. And so now the show needs to evolve with me. Okay. What are my values now? What matters to me now? What have I, what relates to me now? It's, it's being rich in real life. It's being rich mm-hmm. in security, connection, wealth, health, happiness, joy, peace, all the things that resonates with me. Now you have to know that something that you are passionate about has the space for evolution. It's not a marriage, even though a marriage would be like that. If you got married today, your marriage better not be the same in seven years or good luck. Cause you're going to lose it. Mm. Like, you have to be willing to commit and say that every time this thing changes, every time It doesn't work anymore. Every time it doesn't make sense anymore. Every time I don't feel like this is so hot, I'm willing to recommit, evolve, pivot and change just like a marriage, just like a relationship, just like a business. Mm. I lose sleep at night sometimes about my business where I'm like, the way that we're doing things right now isn't gonna last much longer because everyone knows the pace of the internet is anywhere from two to three years now. So something that is hot is not hot next year. So you mm. better be prepared to pivot. Are you committed to the way you do business and the the path that you take to get there? Or are you committed to like the end like the 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 outcome of your business and the impact that it has? Because mm. at any given if, if you're just committed to the outcome and the impact, the the path there can change at any time. Mm. So you've got to be willing To constantly evolve, experience new iterations of your your business, your life, yourself, your relationship. I feel like if more people embrace that, they would be willing to understand the commitment is not that big a deal. You just have to be committed to the concept. You have to be committed to you in the process because it's going to change and evolve and pivot and recreate itself over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. The journey. It's all about the journey, right? So now following up on that question, I mean everybody knows that being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of like we just talked about. Absolutely not. So, from your personal experience, how would you say positive and negative self-talk has impacted the confidence level has impacted your confidence level and just like your overall well-being and how have you kind of incorporated that into your either daily routine or potentially right before you go on a podcast or like any wherever the nerves are? How do you incorporate that self-talk into your like, routine or whatever you're doing?
1: I heard it years ago, and I think I just said it earlier to you, that entrepreneurship is disguised as the greatest self-development journey you'll ever go on. Mm. And so if you've ever been afraid, and most people can't admit this, but if you've never taken a good look at yourself in the mirror, the parts of yourself that you don't love, the parts that you're ashamed of, the parts that you're embarrassed about, most of us will operate our lives in a zone of excellence which is something that we get praised and clapped for, right? Not many of us will make it to our zone of genius, which is something that we do effortlessly. We don't, we don't have much competition because we are so incredible at it. It is a natural gift. Entrepreneurs are in that space all day long. So not only are they constantly sharpening their deepest gift, they're pairing that with the darkest, deepest parts of themselves. Because we don't get to put this baby to rest. It's not everything after five is I'm chilling. Every weekend or time I take days off, I'm chilling. No, I eat, breathe, and live this stuff Mm -hmm. all the time. And that has to be a, a, a choice you have to constantly make. But if you eat, breathe, and live this stuff, that means it constantly bleeds into your life. It bleeds into your relationships. It bleeds into your partnerships. It bleeds into your friendships. It bleeds into the lens in which you choose to live life from. So that means that's your home. That means your business lives in your emotional home. And so, if your business lives in your emotional home, you better be deeply connected to yourself at all times, or you're going to fail every which way. It's going to come crashing down.
2: Mm.
1: So, what has been imperative for me, and knowing like a lot of the women that I've been around the last year or so that are at my level or better, you can't live this high stake, high risk, high life with success, a level of leadership that is required of you in a way that you have to show up in the world, in a way that you have to share yourself without having a team of superheroes to prevent you. One of my podcasters said this the other day and I almost choked. She said, in order for me to maintain myself this way, I have to have a super, a, a team of superheroes that are great at what they do to prevent me from cracking.
2: Mm-hmm. And that is that.
1: Like, yes, I do all the routine things and they are a necessity. Like I know after a couple weeks, girl, get your ass hot yoga. It's not a game. You're not grounded. You're too logical. Like you are too in your get it done, do it brain. That's why you're not living. That's why when your friends talk to you, you're not present. And that, I could go on a whole nother realm about why being grounded and connecting to yourself matters as an entrepreneur, because when you get too in the get it done and the logical, you remove yourself from creativity and play. And creativity mm. play is required yeah. as a business owner and entrepreneur. So for y'all that are watching, the people that you admire, and you're like, "Oh, they say they work so much, but they doing this, this, and this." You have to do that too. You have mm-hmm. to take the patience. You have to go play with your friends and your family. You have to take days off because that's where the true creativity lives. It it lives in the spaces when you walk away from your shit. You have to walk away, and so the routine has been critical. Like I am a big journaler like I have books on top of books on top of notebooks of full of just I talk to myself I write letters to myself I journal about everything I tell people all the time you don't know what to journal about there's a million prompts online but on any given day when I'm just my soul's completely empty and I'm like what do I journal about I always do this exercise I made this shit up called the perfect day and I make sure I hit all the five senses so I'm like I make up a day in the future I literally pick a random day. like today is you know, we're in February. I would be like October 29th, 2023. And I would paint vividly through script. Where am I? What does it look like? What can I feel? What can I smell? What can I see? What, what do I feel? Like all the emotions, I swear to God, almost every time I go back and read this thing, and I, these, I've, I've written down something that becomes a memory. Mm. So I just describe my perfect day. And as I'm writing it, it brings me joy. And it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm like, oh, I can experience this right now. So I'm a big journaler. I do hot yoga. I go on spiritual retreats a lot when I feel like I'm like at a point of like, you've met your cap, Reiki, EMDR, hypnosis. I've done it all. I do it all. I have a self-love expert and relationship coach who is like my regular once a month lover to death. She also has a podcast called Deeply Connected. She's incredible. But the people, those people around me that I've had to hire to continue to do the work to continue to change the lens in which I operate my life from when you can remove that, that will be your greatest superpower. because mm-hmm. Then you really operate from a place of your truest essence. And it is mind blowing. Your nose are effortless. Your yeses are easy. Your work is always in your zone of genius for the most part, because you know how to hire to get the help that you need because you're perfectly aligned and you're, you're bringing on the right people. Like, I cannot explain you are not if you are making money through your business and you are not hiring the right help to help heal, elevate and get you aligned, whether that be whatever modality that works for you tapping, reiki, EMDR, you know, just a therapist, someone to help help you evolve past whatever your current is, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm. So that, that's been probably that and networking has been probably the, the most important piece of fast tracking the way I've talked to myself, the way negatively and positively, because I might, listen, we can lie to ourselves like it's nobody's business. Mm. <laughs> I am my own worst enemy. I tell myself all the time, I am the queen of self-sabotage. Yeah. So if I know I'm getting to the space, the awareness is key. Okay. I'm getting a little negative lately. Okay. I'm getting a little judgmental lately. Mm. I'm getting a little scared and anxious lately. And, but yet nothing is happening. Where is this coming from? Who do I need to talk to? Because it is my responsibility to be at at an optimal space at all times to be able to perform that way for my clients, people I serve, the impact, the content, all the things. So how do I get myself out of the space? Yeah, there's a lot of times where this stuff is within. I can journal. I go for a walk every day. It's, it's literally critical to me to walk outside. I made sure I lived in a place where it was walkable, that created an environment for me that I could be by water quick and, and mm. give experience quick. But sometimes we don't always have the tools. Sometimes we need to hire the people to give us the tools to access ourselves because it's a lot easier for us to see in other people what's going on than it is to see ourselves. And yeah. so you hit the line on that. Like, I'm not going to say I don't have negative self-talk anymore. I'm not going to say that I'm the most positive person on earth. i damn sure I got the right people around me, the right community, the right environment, and the right people with the right tools to make sure that anytime I feel like I'm not in that space and all I got to do is be honest, which is something you got to be good at, they can jump in and help me.
0: Yeah when did you think you realized or when did you realize that that was vital to your just, not even just being an entrepreneur, just being a person? You know what I mean? I think that uh, at least for me personally and just a lot of people in general think like, okay, I have to hit my breaking point in order to blank. You know what I mean? I have to be burnt out before I can hire someone. I have to be blank before this. So for you, when did you realize or was there a point When you were like, oh my God, I need to do something. All of this stuff is crazy. Like just as a person, not even entrepreneur in general, just like confidence wasn't there. Or, you know, was there any points in time where you felt like, okay, I got to change something up?
1: Yeah. So let me start with this. Listen to me when I tell you guys something. It is so easy to postpone the work, the necessary work, because you think success can silence the noise. And the louder the shit gets in your head, the more you try to suppress it, it enters your physical body and then it ultimately will change who you are, period. It doesn't leave your body, it stays in your body. And until you're willing to sit with and process the things that keep you up at night, at your core, the things that really drag you down, they will chase you down. They will chase you down. And I knew it was time. I found myself in 2021, running myself ragging, doing all the things, doing the podcast, leaving a relationship, and I was in the smack dab in the middle of a mastermind at a hotel. And I got upstairs and I sat down, and three of our friends were there to greet us. And it was me and my best friend, and they are talking about the mastermind, blah, blah 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 blah, and all these things. And I just heard it clear as day in my head. It was so clear. I heard. Someone said something to me and they were like, Man, that was so great. That presentation you did, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I literally out of my mouth said, without thinking about it, I hate the version of myself I'm mm. becoming. And they were like, What? And I was like,
2: I hate this version of me. I'm angry. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm short tempered. I'm inconsiderate. Like, where the fuck did I go? Where did the me and all of this go? How did I lose her? What happened? And then literally three weeks later, which I don't know what you guys believe if you're listening, but God was after me in this period. Like he was after me. And literally three weeks later, I had won a couple months before that. I had won podcaster of the year at SpeakerCon and they invited me to come and they gave me a plus one. And it was the first time I was my mother and I, 30, 33 years of living, had never been on a plane. This was two years ago, so I was 31. And I was like, okay, I'm taking my mom to DC to win this award with me because she's never seen me in this capacity. And she wanted to go. She was so excited. So we go to DC two weeks after I said that in the hotel room. But a lot of times we can get to acknowledgement, but we don't know what the next steps are. So I knew it, but I didn't know what to do about it. And I go to DC with her. I win the award. She films me doing my speech. I get off the stage. I remember that I could not check into joy the whole time I was there. I could not. I could not find it. We're on the plane back. And I just remember her looking at me with tears in her eyes. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. I see it now. I'm so proud of you. And I remember looking at her, hearing it, and thinking to myself, if there was ever a reason I did this, this is the moment it was supposed to feel worth it. And I don't feel shit. I'm numb. What is wrong with me? And then the next day, this all unfolded in three weeks. The next day, I got home, got my mom home, I took my son to school, and I got to his daycare. He was in pre-K at the time. And I opened the door and I was on the phone, because I'm doing the most right now. I'm on the phone and I pop open his car seat buckle and he jumps out in jets in the middle of a busy highway. And I threw my phone on the ground and I ran after him and I picked him up and I threw him against the wall. And I was like, What is wrong with you? What are you doing? Why would you do that? You just scared mommy. Like, and he just kept saying, Mommy, I'm so angry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just so angry. And he kept saying, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I'm mad. And I was like, What? And I brought him inside. I calmed him down. I stayed at school with him for an hour. And I get out and I get in the car and I just break down. I'm crying. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And I called my therapist, who I still have to this day. And I said, I'm thinking logically. I'm trying to fix this logically. I'm like, am I enabling him? Am I not giving him enough attention? Did I do something this morning? I walk her through the morning. And she's like, what did he say when you put him on the wall? And I said, he kept saying he was angry inside and he didn't know. He's just mad. And my therapist laughed.
2: And I was like, what? Right. She was like, well, doesn't that sound familiar? And I was like, no, I don't
1: get angry in front of my son. I make sure he doesn't see that. She was like, duh. I know Jessica. She said, but isn't that how you feel inside? If you could run away from everything that's happening right now, if you could get out of your body and run away from the feelings that you feel about your life right now, and be angry and scream and yell and run, would you?
2: And I was like, yes. Mm. I was like, your son can feel that. And I was like, fuck. Right. It's time.
1: And I was like, I don't know what this work looks like, but I'm going to expend all my resources trying to figure out what this is. And at the, at the end of the day, I did so much work and I could talk about it for hours. But at the end of the day, I didn't know myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my deepest desires were. I had never sat with myself long enough to find the true value in me without achievement, without the accolades, without the achievements, without the awards, without the the validation. I had never sat with myself long enough to be okay with me naked and unashamed. And I needed to go back and do that work. And I needed to go back and figure out why I was living life through the lens I was living it through. And it was based on a lot of trauma and experiences and things. And that's okay. But the invitation was there. I just needed to acknowledge it.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's very inspiring and also very like relatable in the sense of like, you had that, that moment of realization, like, oh shit, like something's wrong. Like the awareness that you were talking about before too, you know, is like, you probably didn't even know what awareness of yourself was at that point. You know what I mean? Like you were just like, this is just me, but I hate it, but how can I change it? I don't think I should change it. Like so many thoughts going through your head and, and all of our heads of like, who am I? And how how much does it take to actually find that?
1: And there's so many signs. There was so many signs. And I think right. that everyone listening- like, And
0: we're just like this. <laughs>
1: you have tunnel vision. There's signs Science. everywhere that life, the way that you're living it isn't working. Like, I won't even go on a tangent on this, but I don't care what anyone does. We're all in the middle of a spiritual awakening right now. Yeah. So right. if you don't catch that, And that you're being offered opportunities to see life through a different lens. It's everywhere. You have to decide at some point, this is not working for me. Mm. I'm not going to let it take me down. I'm not going to let it change who I am. I'm not going to let this run my life because we are all, so many of us are doing stuff that isn't even in our purview. It's not even something that we originally signed up for it's not something that we actually want we're not living lives that we truly want or desire right and we know that there's circumstances and things out of our control but like some of us are in full situations that we didn't even call for we don't want like Mm -hmm. and so there's 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 red flags there's opportunities bringing themselves to life everywhere around us and and those nudges and those taps that turn into pushes and slaps and kicks by God, universe, or whatever you want to say. And eventually you have to acknowledge the yeah. awareness that is happening in front of you for for you to really turn the mirror on yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone who, after listening to this episode, is thinking, like, okay, like it's time to change my narrative. It's time to Listen to those signs, you know what I mean? Listen to those pushes and start moving on like the path that they actually want to go on, not the path that somebody else put them on.
1: Every feeling you have is valid. And it's, it's an ugly invitation. It's an ugly invitation to something bigger. And to open yourself up to the concept that the journey is not pretty. I was just talking to someone about this this morning that like when we choose ourselves that's when the devil comes to life like when we choose ourselves in our true path that's when the mess comes to life so like the invitation itself is ugly maybe the the ugly invitation for you looks like all of your friends are falling by the wayside something that matters to you significantly, a partner, a person, a job seems to be slipping through your hands. All these things that you thought matter are slipping through your hands and it feels like you are losing life. You're losing things. You're losing stuff that matters to you. And in reality, it's a ugly invitation to get rid of your distractions it's an ugly invitation to get rid of the people that cannot go with you to that next level because they cannot support what they don't understand. And that's not your responsibility. Like things are slipping away from you because there's something bigger, but you don't have the mindset to garner or go after anything that is bigger than anything you can conceptualize. Only, only what you, who you serve can see that for you. But Things are being moved out of your way. Things are being removed from your life. You are being removed out of your own way. And some of the things are being delivered to you from time to time through an ugly invitation. And you can't see it because it feels like something you don't want. But the reality is, is that the road to change, the bridge to change to the next level is probably the ugliest journey you are ever going on. And I'll be honest with you, there's nothing righteous about it. There's nothing righteous about it. You'll even see the opportunity, choose it and say, you know what? I don't need those friends. And then be called to sit by yourself for six months and then question everything and go back to those friends and go back to that relationship and be confused and be like, damn, the person that told me I was the problem was right. No, you can't sit in the fact that the six months alone doesn't feel righteous and rewarding. But you're being called to sit in it because what's on the other side, the version of you that's going to be birthed from this opportunity, you cannot see. Mm. So it's like, if anybody is listening to this and you feel like you're in the middle of a mess, there's nothing rewarding or righteous about it. So if you're waiting for the spinoff, for the thing that is like, for God to tap you and be like, hey, thanks for making a good choice. Here's your gift. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. Not even close. You are being pruned and ironed and altered and changed and needed and all these things. And it is uncomfortable. It is incredibly uncomfortable, but it's so you can get rid of the box that you've been living. In. And it's like, and it's not going to make sense until it makes sense. And it's not mm-hmm. going to come in the form that you expect it to be in. Like I always give this simple example of I remember last year, God's like 2021. I felt like I just was stripped of everything that I thought to be true. The relationship, the, the concept of family, the marriage, the friendships that I thought were for a lifetime. Like I was just like stripped. They were all like, got like snatched it all away. Mm. And I was just like, whoa, why? And I thought I was the problem. And there were things to be clear. There were things I needed to work through and change. Obviously there's radical responsibility and everything. But sitting in it long enough, I remember thinking, when is this going to pay off? How many journal entries am I going to write? How many phone calls? How many, how many conversations with myself am I going to have? How many times am I going to pray on my knees until it all makes sense? Because like, yeah, maybe I don't need those people, but it still hurts. It's still painful. I still feel the most alone I've ever felt. This doesn't make any sense, God. Of course. Yeah. You, I know you didn't want this for me. And people want reward and righteousness in the middle. And I didn't notice the payoff until after I got through that phase, I went back to building my business. I started doing all the work and then I started making new friends and then I started meeting new people. And then it was in those moments that I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm very clear. I know what I will accept. I know what I won't accept. I know what is for me. I know what is not for me. I know what's an easy yes and a and a simple no. And that was birthed from the solitude and the starving myself from everything that I thought I needed. But it wasn't rewarding. It wasn't righteous. And it didn't feel clear like that while I had to sit in it. And so if you're in that space of like, what's next? God, God's not bringing me anything. Life isn't bringing me anything. I'm doing the affirmations. I'm doing the positive self-talk, all these things. You might be in a cleansing phase. You might be in a purging phase. You might be in a significant altering and changing of things. You have to ride that out. You have Mm -hmm. to sit in that because all of those things will come, but you can't run from this process. Yeah. And the success that you crave and are chasing will not silence that noise. I promise you that. I know healing and doing the work and building the connection with yourself feels like a waste of time. It feels like it's not going to get you the results. And it's so easy for you to be like, "We make a lot of money before I do this. But trust me, there's programs for that. There's stuff for that. <laughs> I just talked to a guy that said that he, they, they do applications for, they pay for eight people a month to have therapy sessions for free. Like there's stuff out there for that if you really want it, but you cannot run from this work.
0: Yeah. I think that is probably one of the most important things and actually inspiring things that anybody has ever said on this podcast. So props to you. So thank you for, for that. That <laughs> no. was like, I was like, she's she's talking to me right now.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> that I was the like, That's why. Right. I know that. Trust me. I know right. that. Right. Right. That was great. Right.
0: Well, now, especially with social media and this like instant like gratification or satisfaction needed. It's like it's like it feels like it's necessary to make a million dollars before you're thirty years old. Like, you know what I mean? Like that is, oh, if you can do this before this age, or you could do this before this age, well, I'm losing all my friends. Well, I'm, you know, in the, in a tough situation, I'm this. I'm not you know, like exactly what you said is exactly what people need to hear because A, you've been through it and you're on the other side and maybe you're still going through it. But with social media, it's so hard to actually ever hear what you just said because nobody talks about it. Everybody talks about the, exactly what I said, I made a million dollars before 30. Well, what were you doing before that? You know what I mean? How did you get to that point? And and all of all of these different things, nobody actually talks about what you just said.
1: When I started, when I stopped focusing on the dollar amount and focused on the work, someone, I was at a retreat in Mexico and a woman said this, and it saved me from all the hard work I was doing. She was like, I spent three years in a row making somewhere around $500,000. She said the fourth year I made a million. She said everything tanked the year after I made a million. Because of the fear I had of having to do a million again the year after that.
2: Mm.
1: like When in reality, the margins between 500000 and a million are literally paper thin. It's not always, it is sometimes, but it's not always worth it. It's not worth the stress. It's not worth the dragging yourself on the ground. It's not worth all the people you have to hire to maintain it. It's not always worth it. And in that moment, I was like, what am I running for? Mm. I probably- right right now making what I make, like, it doesn't mean I want to do this every year, but what if I find a way to make this more effortlessly? What if I don't have to kill myself trying? Like, what if I focus on the systems and the quality of service and the, and the work itself? And I did that for two years. And now the things that felt so hard back then, they're easy now. Mm. They're easy because I went back to focusing on the work. And everybody's like, get yourself out of your business. And you're an overpaid solopreneur. If you blah, 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 you're going to have to cut the grass. You're going to have to cut the grass. Like, period. You can't get out of that as an entrepreneur because that is where you start. And when you focus on the work and the service you provide and the products that you sell or whatever the thing is that you do, and you focus on it intimately and the way that it is received everything after that will slowly come to life you don't have to worry about all this other stuff you don't
0: thank you so much for being on this was very inspiring and I think people will be able to find a lot of value from it including myself I'm gonna re-listen to it for sure (laughs) while I'm editing I'm gonna be like wow you know like really really hear it
1: thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it